This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're going to have a lot of fun, and I'm sure learn a lot from an expert on how to help us be profitable. Oh, what a concept. We're these business owners that, you know, we need to make money. The funny thing is, though, for many people, that comes secondary. You know, they don't stop to think, what do we need to be doing to make a profit? All these various things. So we're going to have a great time today talking with Michelle Williams. So welcome to our program, Michelle. Hi, thanks so much for having me, Deb. I'm glad to be here. Great. You know, funny thing, folks, you know, the the power of the world and, and all of these connections and everything. Michelle and I both live in the Atlanta metro area, have never crossed paths because, you know, there are six million people here. But we so we have only ever met virtually. So you never know when your connections are somebody across the street across the city or across the world. But it's, it's always a lot of fun when I get to talk to somebody who's local. So, Michelle, let me tell people a little bit about you. Michelle Williams is a certified profit-first professional who's helping creative business owners focus on the financial health and profitability of their companies. She believes that each choice determines profitability, and through her consulting agency, Scarlet Thread Consulting, she helps her clients understand the impact their choices have on the financial success of their business. She's here to share her story to help you plan for your success. Welcome to our show, Michelle. Hi, I'm glad to be here and talk about profitability. It's one of my most favorite topics. Well, and I think it is something that, and it's very silly, but as business owners, we forget about it until, you know, the one time a year when we do our taxes and we have to do the P&L and we're like, ooh. Hmm. But, you know, let's start a little bit further back. Why did you decide that this was your passion? How did you get into doing this? You know, that's an interesting question. I, it's funny, it wasn't my passion when I started. So when I'll tell you, when I started college, I thought I wanted to be an accountant. Mm -hmm. And so I went to school and I took my very first accounting course. And I've always been a math and science kind of girl. And Mm -hmm. so it came very naturally. But Um, the people that were in my class just did not seem to have the personality that jived with mine. Mm -hmm. I'm a a little more outgoing and playful and fun. And that's not an accountant. No. (laughs) And they were very serious and, you know, just kind of focused on the numbers. And I I went home and told my mom and I said, I said, listen, I can do this, but these aren't my people. Like I can't hang out like this for four Mm -hmm. or five years. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And so I went ahead and did as much of the accounting as I could, but I switched my degree to um, management of information systems. Mm. And then thankfully, my first job out of college, um, I went to work for Management Science America, which within, I don't know, three months was bought out by Dun & Bradstreet Software. And so I had a 10-year career with Dun & Bradstreet Software building financial accounting software packages. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I took all the accounting and then you know, built software with it that I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And um, those were more of my people. Mm -hmm. So long story short, I did that for 10 years. And then I came home to raise my children and do something differently. And I started my own company. And I I did what maybe many of your listeners also do. I started it out of a passion to do something, Mm -hmm. right? A, A passion to express myself. And so the company that I started back in 2000, was doing interior de- design and um, window treatments, custom window treatments. And so with that, it meant that I was working and I set up a, a workroom in my home and I'm out meeting clients and I never thought about profitability. What I thought about was pursuing my passion, the excitement of starting my own company and um, doing something that I felt like really fed me as a person. Do you know what I mean? Fed right. that activity. Mm-hmm. And then I had the same moment that you mentioned of, oh no, this is not good when I did my taxes. The first year I didn't think much about it because I knew 
that I was getting started, so I didn't pay that much attention to it. Year two was kind of like, nah, but by year three, I was like, okay, this is not good. I started this business to help not only express myself, have fun, do those things, but to bring money into my home. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I had a negative on my P&L, which really meant that my sweet husband was going to work every day to make money to come home so that I could spend it to help wealthy people have beautiful things in their home. Right. And that made kind of have a hobby. Yeah. Well, okay. So yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so what I did was because I had, I have a business degree, right. With two focuses, I'd worked in corporate and was the development manager for like a two, two year project for project accounting overseas, you know, and onshore resources, just millions of dollars. Like I knew how to do this. Right. Mm -hmm. And like you and I mentioned in the pre-show or the pre-conversation, business principles are business principles. Right. And what I realized was I wasn't applying them to my own business. Mm -hmm. I was so excited about making people happy and pursuing my passion that like if you were to look at it as a scale, that part was like so heavy and the other part was so light. It wasn't even the profitability um, as we talk about is sustainability. It was out the door. And so I had just a real moment at my kitchen table I'm looking at my taxes, crying, feeling ashamed, feeling um, like I was stupid, to be honest, because I knew better. I knew and I wasn't doing it. I'd taken my eye off of it. And I decided at that point I needed to really identify what I thought having a business and being a business owner and being in business looked like. Mm -hmm. And I wrote it down. And then I wrote on another piece of paper, what did I think it looked like, felt like, whatever, to be a hobbyist. And I wrote it down Mm -hmm. and then I compared the two. And as one of my clients said, she has a jobby. It's somewhere between the two. Ah, (laughs) I like that term. Yeah, a jobby. And that's kind of what I had. And I realized then to be profitable, I had to change what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't being taken advantage of by anybody. I was was literally taking advantage of myself. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, which is another hard conversation when you realize that it was really some of my own decisions and actions that got me there. Mostly it was my own decisions and actions. And so then I realized what had to change and I started making the change. And then, you know, I guess I went on and did that, became profitable, had what I needed and wanted, and then realized that many business owners that I was coming into contact, I was teaching how to price things in a custom industry. I did that for many years. And then I realized they didn't understand the next, like, so even if they priced it, they didn't understand the next kind of step in the whole thing is you got to manage the money that comes in, right? Right. It's not just about sales. You got to manage it. So long story short and all that, I I realized that was really my calling Mm -hmm. was to take that beginning of my whole career of accounting and information systems and project management and then to work with people that were starting their own businesses or side hustles or whatever mm-hmm. and helping them understand how you could pursue your passion. You could do these things, but you could also do it with an eye towards profitability. You know, they say you get what you inspect, mm-hmm. not what you expect. Mm-hmm. And I had not inspected it. Right. Well, and I think for so many people, especially those of us who, who have our passion and we start our business, we have that passion to do whatever that is. And, and we don't know how to do our own books. We don't know how to manage our money. You know, all of these various things. And even when it comes time to do taxes, you, you don't always grasp it. You know, and, and, and it's funny because I'll look at my taxes every year and go, wait a minute, I paid how much for what? And sometimes it's things like, uh, monthly subscriptions that I signed up for to do, um, you know, there's there's several that I have to do this program. So like, for example, one of the subscriptions I have is to, uh, for a, an online software program called Auphonic. Helps me edit, it edits out, you know, it, it gets rid of uh, noise in the background, all sorts of stuff, but there's a monthly fee to that. Obviously, I need that program. But a lot of times we sign up for these things and then we don't need them. You know, and or we don't even realize that we signed up for it because gasp, we're not doing our monthly bookkeeping because we're doing our passion. So, talk to us about you know those those folks who are kind of in that boat. How do they even get this under control? You know, I believe the first thing, and and Deb, let me back up and say I totally agree, and and that was where I was. What you just described, 
And I think the very first step, and I know that with my clients, this is in my consulting practice, this is what I have to say to them. For us to change anything to get you what you want, it starts with full ownership. Mm -hmm. So we have to own every decision and every choice we have made that that has brought us to where we are. Mm -hmm. And we have to realize that we are the one responsible as the owner of the company for every decision going forward. Whether we make it or not, we own it. And it doesn't matter if it's you or your staff Mm -mm. or or you have a staff of 10, 15, 10,000. You're the boss. Exactly. And to be successful or to get what we think we want, right? If we've identified it, we have to own every single decision and all choices, Mm -hmm. which means we need to run our businesses very intentionally. Mm -hmm. So, To me, that's the first step. If we get to where I'm going to own this and recognize it, and the good, the bad, the ugly, the wonderful, all of it wrapped up, then we're in this position of power that says we can change it, Mm -hmm. right? And there's nothing worse than feeling like we can't change or like we are stuck. And I think that's what the other way You said the word before, stupid. Stupid, I I don't understand why I can't do this. Why am I so stupid? Well, and you know what? Why is it that we are starting a business in our passion, why is it that we think we should also be the accountant and the bookkeeper right. mm-hmm. and the financial analyst and the market marketing guru? I mean, there's just no way. Nobody mm-hmm. can do all that. And even if we could, the business is only going to be so big mm-hmm. because there's only so much time in the day for one person to, as we say, switch hats to do all those things. Right. And so it, it's really short-sighted. But I would Mm -hmm. say a lot of us start there because we don't have the funds and capital to do differently. Mm -hmm. But I do think if we just realize these are not my strengths and as soon as I can hand this off, I'm going to hand this off Mm -hmm. to do what I can do best, Mm -hmm. right? And what I can do best, kind of that, as you've heard it probably called, what is your zone of genius or, Mm -hmm. you know, what is the role that you're the only one in the company that can do? So I believe that if we take ownership for all decisions And if we realize what we don't know and that we need to get help there. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes that help comes in the form of um, identification and education. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think it comes in the form of delegation, Mm -hmm. right? So it doesn't mean that we have to be the one to do it. But when we figure out, all right, I don't know how to do my financials. And not only do I not know how to do the bookkeeping, I don't know how to do the taxes. I don't even know how to read the report. Mm -hmm. I hear so often, oh, I'm like, do you check your financials? Do you look at them? Do you analyze them every month? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, what does that look like for you? Oh, well, well my I paid all my bills. <laughs> yeah, my bookkeeper sends me the documents. Mm-hmm. I look at it and I check it off. I said, mm-hmm. do you even know what you're looking at? Right. No. Do you do any analysis to see if your percentages are within range? Mm-hmm. No. Do you look to see if there are any overruns anywhere? No. Mm-hmm. Do you look to see if there are any of these, like you said, identify these areas where maybe we're overspending and just haven't even looked at it? Mm-hmm. No. Okay, then I'm going to say that you're probably not really looking. You're, you're glancing at them. You're checking that they arrived in the inbox, but you're not letting them work for you. Mm-hmm. And so really just learning, even if you're not the one who does all the financial management, knowing how to review it and mm-hmm. analyze it so that it can be a tool and a resource. Right. That's huge. Well, and it's important too that, you know, if you if you are having somebody do that or if you're doing it yourself, that like you said, you understand it. But if you have someone you're working with, you had better be able to ask them questions and not not get a condescending response, you know, because, right, we already kind of think that we're stupid when it comes to this. And so then if somebody gives me a condescending response, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to ask anymore. Um, you know, and, and so it, it needs to be a trusted person, trusted yes. in more ways than one. I mean, they have access to your money. Uh, so, right. You know, you need to make sure that, you know, it, it's it's being properly taken care of. But yeah, if you need, if you say, what is this line item and what the heck does it mean? They need to answer it and answer it in a timely manner. You know, not just, hey, you know, you're one of my 100 clients and I'll get back to you next week. Now, you know, granted, you probably can't expect an immediate response if they have a lot of clients, but you know, you need to get that answer and you need to be able to keep getting that answer. You know, if, if you still don't understand, then you need to keep asking, you know, depreci- what the heck do you mean by depreciation? Why, you know, and, and, and whatever it is, because of course, the problem is we talk to other people. 
And they will say, oh, I did such and such and so and so. And so then we get, then we really mix ourselves up and heaven forbid that we, you know, Google it, you know, because then we confuse ourselves. So you have to work with that trusted person who's going to tell you, hey, this is what this means. It's interesting. I've got two clients right now that when they came to me, they um, were telling me that they had some financial goals they wanted to meet and they weren't real sure about kind of where they were. And so my first thing is, um, and I've been teaching about financial understanding for years. And I actually have an online course called Understanding Your Financials. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because people will say to me, well, I'm not going to be the one doing it. And I'm like, that's okay. But you need to, like you said, Deb, you need to understand enough to know the Mm -hmm. questions to ask. So both of these clients, they had not yet taken the course. They send me over their balance sheet, their profit and loss, their income statement, right? And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, why do you have all this money sitting in uncategorized? It cannot help you in uncategorized. You've got to categorize it. Or miscellaneous right? expense. Yeah, that, I mean, you got 50000 sitting in uncategorized and my, you know, my antenna goes up. Mm-hmm. Then I look over at the balance sheet and I'm like, do you really owe all this money that this says you owe? Do you really owe sales tax on that amount? Mm-hmm. Is this really what's happening? And they keep going, no, no, no. And we realized on both of them, that the accounting team that they were using was doing a very poor job. Eek. And so we were able to, look, I was able to look at it, point it out to them, mm-hmm. tell them what to ask and how to go back. Mm-hmm. And they, they since have both left that accountant, but they wouldn't have known. Right. We would have made business decisions based on faulty data. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, they, and they were paying premium for that. Wow. That's what is so frustrating. Mm-hmm. And so, I see it happen all the time. I've seen embezzlement. I see just not even understanding and just kind of like everything in a shoebox, you know, right. I see it from every angle. But the truth of the matter is at the end of the year, even if the books are kept beautifully, mm-hmm. the number that we see is our net income or our profit at the, at the bottom of, of the P&L, right, mm-hmm. is really just an indicator of every decision and choice we made. Right. Whether it was to watch it, to not watch it, mm-hmm. to to hire correctly, to hire the right people at the right time or the wrong people, or to overspend, or to buy Starbucks every day, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, or to commingle our funds. I see that a lot. Oh especially yeah. From, yeah, and that one'll get you in a bad way, but mm-hmm. you know, not understanding the difference between salary and owner's draw or distribution and mm-hmm the difference between what the IRS allows and what you think you ought to be able to take out of the mm-hmm. business. You know, I'm, I'm just amazed that people think they could just run through Starbucks or go get a green smoothie all day, every day, and just write it off to the business. Yeah. And yeah. There'd be no business in the mm-hmm. U.S. left if everybody, if all the employees and everybody did that. Like, right. we'd go out because there'd be no profit. Mm-hmm. So just not even understanding what is allowable and not mm-hmm. allowable. Right. Well, and... And it does take, you know, working with someone or, you know, if you want to research it yourself, you might be able to figure that out. But like business meeting expenses, you know, what is allowed? What isn't allowed? Right. You know, can you drive your car there? Are you allowed mileage? Um, You know, now you're not allowed. It's funny when I track my mileage and that's one of those things that I've gotten very good at doing. And I'm very specific about it. You know, if if I, you know, I'm going to that business meeting, it's, you know, X miles there. Well, then I decide I'm going to go to Starbucks and the grocery store. No, that doesn't count. <laughs> you know? right. So I'm I'm really careful about that because, of course, I just live in fear that I'll be audited. Um, but I, you know, I hopefully have good records and, and all of that good stuff. But, um, you know. And, You're right, though, Deb. Having a trusted advisor, yeah. even if you read it and, you know, th- we're in a year right now where our tax laws have shifted and will probably continue to shift Mm -hmm. throughout the year as Mm -hmm. they are really understood and put into practice. Mm -hmm. So having that advice, I mean, I met with my accountant just yesterday and just said, you know, here's all, I'm an S corp. So Mm -hmm. mine have to be filed early. Mm -hmm. So I hand her everything and I'm asking her questions. Does this count? Does that count? Mm -hmm. Is there anything else I've missed? You know, what has changed this year? We're going through all of it. And, and even though I do, I mean, I'm not an accountant, you know, I'm not a bookkeeper, but I deal with this all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And I still go to somebody else who specializes in right. one area mm-hmm. to ask them 
you know, to guide me and to help me. I have my financial guy who helps us with all of our investments. Mm -hmm. I have an accountant who helps me with that. I have a lawyer who helps me with general information and one who helps me with trademarks. So I'm going to people, you know, that are specialized. And that's exactly what I am for some people is, you know, I specialize in helping them understand the business they have mm -hmm. and then understand the business they want to have and the gap between the two. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and there's, I think that the problem is that so many people do see it as they're admitting that they're stupid if they have to ask for help. And so I, you know, and, and I've had people who've told me that, well, you know, I should be able to figure this out on my own. I'm a smart person. And, you know, whether it's just, you know, working on their own website or doing their mm -hmm. own taxes or, or whatever it was. And I tell them, you know, it's kind of, to me, it's like medical care. I could probably Google enough to figure stuff out, but I'm not going to try and operate on myself. I'm certainly not mm -hmm. going to do something like open heart surgery. You know, I'm not even going to try and change my own oil in my car by, by just researching it. I go to the people who know what they're doing because aside from anything else, it frees me up to be back to doing what my passion is. Well, to me, that's also the, and I'm, I, I agree with you. That's the difference between knowledge and expertise. Mm -hmm. Knowledge is what I've learned on a YouTube channel. Right. right. Or Google search. Expertise means I know how to apply it. Hence, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be doing any operations anytime soon, mm -hmm. even if I've watched four of them not doing right. it. Right. Right. And I have been amazed at the amount of shame that surrounds this aspect of business. It's mm -hmm. huge. It is so huge Deb, that I had to change every bit of my marketing. Mm -hmm. You know, usually we're told in, in our marketing that you um, bring up the pain and then right. you poke mm -hmm. the pain. And mm -hmm. I realized when I, you know, started talking about finances and money management and good, healthy financial habits, when I talked about the pain, people kind of cowered further in the corner. Right which was the opposite of what I wanted mm -hmm. them to do. I wanted them to like, come into the light and let me help you. And there, there's a huge, especially with women, I'm going to tell you what I hear. It's this idea of math, mm -hmm. which is crazy because they do math all day, every day, right. just going to the grocery store or anything around the house. I mean, we all do math, whether we recognize it or not. And so I've been I'm really kind of on this quest to help them understand there is no shame in saying, I need help to understand this. Mm -hmm. I need, you know, help to, to analyze this. But we are doomed to keep doing the same things over and over and over if we don't ask for help. Mm -hmm. So I changed all of my marketing and instead I turned it around. Do, do you want to be confident in your financials? Right. Mm -hmm. want, because that's what they want, mm -hmm. right? We all, whether I'm doing them or not, I want to be confident that my accountant did my taxes correctly, even though she's the one doing them. Mm -hmm. And knowledge then can put you in a position of confidence as you're moving forward, I'm confident that I made this decision with the latest financial statements that we have. I'm confident that if the bank says I have X amount in the bank, that's what I have. And my QuickBooks or, you know, accounting software backs that up. Mm -hmm. There is something about that that allows us to run a business without the stress of laying awake at night. Can I pay my employees? Mm -hmm. Am I going to get a paycheck? Can I stop my full-time job and take my side hustle and make it into a full-time? Like you don't, you don't even have the tools to use to do that. Can I afford this? Hey, here's a new opportunity. I don't know if I can afford it or if I can't. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that was one of the things that when I was going through and learning a lot of these lessons on my own, I started figuring out setting up the same thing I did in software, setting up projects, setting up budgets, tracking to the budget. What did I really spend? Kind of doing what I call a scrub of my expenses. You know, did I need it? Did I not need it? Why do I need it? Making a case for it. Just like in corporate, we had to do that all the time. We couldn't just walk up and say we needed some new equipment without making a case for it. Mm -hmm. And I realized if I could make the case for my own business, then it just meant I'd thought about it from every angle. Right. And that was one of the things that when I found out about Profit First, it really pulled me in because it is a money management process, right? Mm -hmm. And it's very similar. My husband and I taught Financial Peace by Dave Ramsey at our church last year. Mm -hmm. One is for the home and one is for business, but it's about managing 
everything, taking ownership and telling our money where to go instead of it telling us where to go. Right. Which, if we're not looking and we're not watching, is kind of what we feel like. We feel like the money's the boss of us mm-hmm. instead of us being the boss of our money. Right. You know, and it honestly doesn't matter what age you are, what what point in your career, you know, all of these various things, you need to know these things. Um, you know, I remember years ago, I went to a seminar on financial planning and there was a woman there who was saying that, you know, she was literally living paycheck to paycheck. If something major happened to say her car, she would have, <coughs> excuse me, severe financial difficulty. I mean, you know, all of this stuff. So, you know, they, they started kind of digging a little bit deeper. She went to Starbucks every day mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because that was her habit. It was on her way to work. And so, you know, there she was because not only did she have, you know, the fancy expensive drinks, she usually got something to eat. So there went 10 bucks-ish, you know, this was long enough ago that it was probably about 10 bucks every day. So 50 bucks a week. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, you know, two to $250 a month that was just to drink coffee and have a snack, you know, but she gotten into that habit, you know, it was what she did, you know, or you've got the people who, well, they go out to lunch with their colleagues every day because that's just what's done. And, you know, and, and they're thinking, I, you know, where is all my money going? You know, and we do the same thing with our businesses. We go to every single networking thing and, and, you know, it's, it's our time for one thing, you know, we're, right. We talked before the program about, you know, you, you drive an hour to go somewhere and, and, you know, to have a meeting and all of these various things. So, and then, you know, you've paid the 20 bucks, the 50 bucks, the whatever to have the chicken. Now, you know, you might be, there's still are obviously benefits, you know, we don't ever want to knock that, but, you know, are you networking in the right places? You know, are you meeting the right people or is it just the habit? Well, I go to this thing every single month because it's what I've been doing. You know, all of these things you just need to look at and and go back through and think, okay, how best am I utilizing my time and my money? And what I found is a lot of times with people, they don't want, it's like you said, they don't want to talk about the money part. But when you say, you know, you spend three hours every Monday doing that, you know, is it, are you getting a benefit out of, well, I don't know. I could be using those three hours, but you know, somewhere better. So it's, it's kind of a combination of those, you know, what, what works to get people to where they're, they're realizing what they're doing. I love to tell them it's never too late Mm -hmm. and it's never too early to learn to manage your money. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And what that means to me, I believe we, we have, we have multiple currencies, but two of our big ones are time and money, like we have mentioned. Mm-hmm. And we spend one in the checkbook and we spend one on the calendar. Mm-hmm. And we don't always get that money back and we don't get that time back, which means what we need for it to do is we need for it to multiply and come back to us in another way, mm-hmm. right? So we, even though we might spend a dollar and we might get 10, we're, chances are we're not getting that exact same $1 back. It's 10 new dollars, right? Right. Um, It'd be really weird if we ever got the same dollar back, right? If we ever could know. I know. Is it, you know, the, the people that write on them, you know, to see if they get them Exactly, back. to see if we ever get that one back. Um, I don't know that that ever really happens. But, you know, with our time, as somebody said, there's never the past and there's never the future. It's always the moment you have. That, right. That's just all, all that we have. Mm-hmm. And so really looking at, as you mentioned, how am I spending my time? Is it the best use of my time to get me what I want? Mm-hmm. You know, there's another great saying that says, if you, um, is it insanity? I think it is. I right. and keep doing the same thing mm-hmm. and expect different results. That's insanity. Mm-hmm. So when we realize that every decision we've made has us where we are, and we realize that where we are is not where we ultimately want to be, that means something has to shift. Mm-hmm. So first it has to be our ownership and then our mindset that we're willing to make a shift. Mm-hmm. Then we have to do the hard work to look at it. and so. I do think that it is about getting out the calendar and asking ourselves, am I networking with colleagues that are never going to send me work or right. am I networking with my, my ideal clients? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I am shocked to see the amount of networking of colleagues where not one of them is buying from another mm-hmm. from each other and they're not even sending or, or even the colleagues in a like industry. Right. They're not sending referrals to the other person because they're in the same industry, mm-hmm. but they over socialize and over network 
and they don't network and socialize mm -hmm. with those that could actually buy from them that are their ideal clients that are waiting to engage. Mm -hmm. And so then they're spending all this money to show up at the party and to look great at the cocktail hour. And they don't have anything for it when they come home other than they met this other person that they're probably jealous of because they've got something in business they don't. Right. And so it really doesn't come out to be great without a plan, right? I'm not saying not to do them, but it's got to be part of a greater plan. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, and, you know, let's be honest, you do need social, you know, and, and sure. so it's, you know, and, and it might be going into that after hours or, or whatever it is, but just recognize that that's what it is, you right. know, the and role that it plays in your business and in your marketing. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Doing it again with intentionality. Mm -hmm. Because what I also see is quite often people will do that at the expense of all of the other types of networking. Mm -hmm with ideal clients, you know, with, with um, maybe other industries that could refer because they're among, let's say their own and they feel very comfortable mm -hmm. in one networking situation and not right. another, mm -hmm. or just even thinking, I only have X amount of time and X amount of dollars to do network marketing. How am I going to spend it? Right. Mm -hmm. Even just that conversation with yourself or with your team mm -hmm. is really important. Right. And then, you know, really thinking about what are the main initiatives that my company or firm or side hustle wants to accomplish by the end of whatever time frame, quarter, you know, half year, year? And then asking yourself, is every um, thing in my company, may, staff, marketing, finances, you know, all of it, is it aligned mm -hmm. to get me there? Or do I have certain initiatives in my company that are all pulling me in different directions and not all leading to the same outcome that I desire. Mm -hmm. That happens a lot. Right. Well, and other thing, you know, we've, we've talked about time. I mean, we have to think about the pull of, you know, when, when other people are asking us to do stuff, um, you know, and, and they'll say, oh, it'll be great if you're on this committee at this business association because you'll get to meet lots of people. Okay. Are they the right people? Is it going to take so much time that I'm going to, to lose, you know, my, my own business? All of these various things. And to me, I think one of the hardest things is the word no. You know, and, and, and it's funny because I'm, I'm getting better at it. You know, I had several people this year that said, hey, we would like you to do X for our, you know, our, our uh, whether it's a volunteer group, business association, whatever. Would you do it? And I very politely declined. Now, some of them, it probably cost me business, you know, and, and because, well, they had counted on me. And, and, you know, the really funny, they'd already been telling people I was going to do it. So then it made them look bad. But it, it you know, it, it wasn't enough for me to do it. Now, you know, it was interesting. It was fun. But from a business perspective, it wasn't cutting it. Um, you know, and, and, and if I'm going to volunteer, I want something out of it whether it's professional or personal, you know, it's not just you're doing it because you should be doing it. Um, you know, and, and, and it's funny, you know, I think that is one of the things we need to learn more about and especially women. Hello. You know, cause we're these caregivers that want to make everybody happy. We have to learn to say no. Well, no means next opportunity. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it, and I, and as somebody said, it's a full sentence. Mm -hmm. We don't have to, you know, why we think we have to, Give all of our reasoning. Mm -hmm. We don't. Right. I, I have tried to make sure that unless I just absolutely am aware in that moment that it is not right for me, mm -hmm. if, I, if I am quite sure of that, I'll say, no, I'm not going to be able to do that. Or right. no, I choose not mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. However, I want to phrase it. If it is an idea that I think, hmm, interesting. Mm -hmm. What I usually say to them is, you know what, I'm going to take some time and pray about that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to look and see how it fits into my yearly initiatives and I'll get back to you. Right. And then I take a step away, you know, a day or whatever I need. I spend time really praying about it, thinking about it, mm -hmm. looking at the opportunity. What am I going to have to put in? What could I potentially get out? And how does it align with where I said I want to go? Mm -hmm. Because we often get caught up in the good stuff. Mm -hmm. And we have no room when the best comes. Right. And so good to me is the enemy of best. Mm -hmm. And if it's not what's best for me, it's good for me. And it's good for them because they, like you said, they've already kind of um, accounted for my time and my money, which they really don't have the right to do. They have mm -hmm. no right to spend my currency. Mm -hmm. 
just like I have no right to, you know, jump in and paint my neighbor's house. I don't own that house. Right. I can paint mine. Mm -hmm. Well, nobody else can spend our currency without us letting them. Mm -hmm. And so when we start to be so focused and so clear, Deb, on what we want, the outcome that we desire and where we want to go, we know will become so much easier Mm -hmm. because we will realize that it's actually a protector. Mm -hmm. It is protecting the investments that we're making in something else. And we just like we can't spend that money three ways. We cannot spend our volunteer time or anything else like that three ways. Mm -hmm. So could it be great? Yeah. Could we get good stuff out of it? Yeah. But is it, is it the best for where we want to go and what we want to do in that time frame? Right. Well, and in some cases, no, you know, as you said, no really is no, you know, not interested, not going to do it. You know, and hopefully we're polite about it, but you know, but in, in other cases, it's no, not right now. Mm -hmm. no, but this is what I'd like to do, mm-hmm. you know, and, and all of those things. And, and so it's, you know, and I think when people are thinking about this also, we need to remember if we get ourselves talked into it, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, we're not going to give the best, you know, right. we're, we're going into it grudgingly or worse, you know, we're thinking, this is, I really didn't want to be here. And so we're not going to, to do what's best for the organization and they're not going to get the best out of us. So it's, you know, it, it comes back to, it's okay to tell them no so that they can get somebody who's a better fit. Same thing with clients. I mean, you know, and, and that's obviously always very hard, especially when you're starting out in business to turn down a client or fire a client. You know, you want them to get the best work that you're doing and if it's not going to work, it's okay to either say, you know, uh, no, maybe you can say, but I know somebody else who can do this for you or, you know, all those various things. It's, you know, no is not a bad word. One of my girlfriends always says, I try to look at things and ask myself, do I get to do this or do I have to do this? Right. Mm-hmm. And if I am feeling like, oh, wow, I get to do this, mm-hmm. then that that gives me an indication of my excitement and the fact that I want to go into it and do my best. Right. And I can't give enough high fives over the air with the whole um, ideal client. I, I'm in multiple forums where I offer advice and things, and, and it is just rampant with people, I think, out of um, desperation or fear and anxiety that the next client won't show up, that they take these wrong clients mm-hmm. and they are constantly trying to groom them into being the right, right. client. Mm-hmm. And you and they're you, trying you, to make us into the right person. Right. Too. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, even this morning in one of the forums, I made a comment and I just said, there is no way in the world that this person is your ideal client based on what you've described. Like it's not even possible Mm -hmm. from the outside looking in. The best thing you can do is walk away. Mm -hmm. And she was like, Oh, but it may be if I can help them this way. And I wrote back, your name will be attached to that project. Mm -hmm. And if you know right now that they're not listening to you, Mm-hmm. You do it so that you can help them because they're nice and they don't listen to you. Mm-hmm. And then they put your name anywhere attached to a project like that. And that is a, a, an area that you want to work in. Is mm-hmm. that really what you want your brand right. to be known for? Mm-hmm. And then she stepped back and was like, oh my gosh, I hadn't thought mm-hmm. that way. She was so fearful of hurting their feelings and saying no when she truly did not have what they needed. And she, she just couldn't tell them. Mm-hmm. And, and it's crazy. We make the best money and we work in our, our best way when we are serving our ideal client mm-hmm. with our ideal package and service priced ideally and then manage the heck out of it, mm-hmm. right? If we got the right product service, the right price and the right client, and then we've got a good process and we manage it, we're going to be, be profitable. We're mm-hmm. go- going to make money. Right. And it's, it's tricky finding that sweet spot. You know, let's, let's be honest. It about can it. be. Right. You know, and it, but once you know, then you know how to replicate it going forward. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's, you know, say you're a website designer. Okay. Then you know that you need to work with a client who has a budget of X, you know, and, and 
you know, things like that. Or it's an industry that you don't like. Okay, well, if you don't like that industry, then you're probably not going to to give them, you know, your best. And and I think one of the things that we forget is our gut. You know, it, it, if it goes, you know, there's there's we a need to stop and yeah. listen to that. Right. Yeah, you know, and and it's funny years ago. I was asked to do um, a whole big marketing campaign for a gentleman, and it was one of those that when I met him, now he had a budget, so the, here's the tricky thing. He had a lot of money, and, you know, and, and, and so there, there was kind of that overriding thing, but my first meeting with him, I thought, I don't know if I like this guy. And I mean, I, I I distinctly remember thinking that, not and, you know, not in a creepy way or anything like that. I just thought, I don't know that I like him. You know, he's not somebody you'd go for cocktails with or, or something like that. It was just like, you know, I don't know that I like him. But, you know, I go through the process. I did the proposal. And the whole time, that little voice inside my head kept going, danger, danger. And, you know, and I still, you know, it was like, okay, but it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah, we're talking ourselves out of right, it the whole right. time, right? You know, and then it, it, he came back to me and he said, well, you know, I got to tell you, I wasn't exactly thrilled with your proposal, but I liked you. I thought, wasn't that funny because I didn't like you. But, you know, and and he said, so here's what I want to do. I liked proposal from X company, so I want you to implement it. (laughs) And, and of course, every warning light, every danger signal, all of it just went off. And, And I said, oh, no, 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 that's not the way I do this. And, I mean, he was... Then he got belligerent. I mean, he was obnoxious. And the funny thing was, I he actually gave it to me, <coughs> gave me their proposal. And in every place except one, he redacted their name out. And then it turned out it was somebody I knew. And so he's, and, and, you know, didn't tell him that, but he said, so I, you know, I guess I'm just going to have to go with them, even though I liked you better. And so, you know, the ethical part of me called the the other firm and I said, Danger, danger. <laughs> you, know, you need to know this guy did this. Um, and so both of us, of course, turned him down. But it really was one of those that the, the most important thing was I spent hours working on this thing when my initial thought was, I don't want to do this. <clears throat> but because it was big money, I kept going, okay, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And, you know, we're given these warning signals for fight or flight right, for right. a reason. And then we spend so much time, I think women more than men, I mean, I'm a woman, so I guess maybe I'm thinking, but I don't hear, most men, I know that go, yeah, that didn't feel good. I said no. And mm-hmm. the women are so busy trying to be pleasing and right. trying to not be, you know, considered a terrible person by saying no. Or the B word. Eat. Yeah, exactly. It always comes out differently if it's a woman doing it or saying it. You could have the same email and change the signature and people would react based on male or female. And so, you know, we've been kind of cultured to that. And so we kind of feel like we are, we should be saying yes, or like we, like we should be thankful that they want to work with us. Right. And And, and he actually told me that this change our business that we, yeah, like Mm -hmm. we owe them something for that. Mm -hmm. And, And, you know, I, I've had those happen in my life as well. And I'll tell you one of the best things, one of the best books I've ever read, and I mean, well, I read a lot, so I probably could give you about 50,000 great books, was the Simon Sinek, um, Start With Why. Mm. And it there's like an 18-minute TED video. It was like the biggest, it's like one of the number one TED Talks out there. Mm-hmm. But what Simon, I mean, it's not a, a, a brand new concept, but his idea is identify your why. And when you've, tr- and, and our why is one of those things that has been, created usually before the age of 18. It is a belief system that we base everything we do off of in all of our life, business slash work slash home. It um, usually was developed from a high high or a low low in our life, but it is something that we believe. And a lot of times when I find this gut reaction happening, it's because there's something either going against my why, which I have defined, Mm -hmm. or it's going against one of my core values. Mm -hmm. And so I have become certainly as I've aged and gotten burned by not listening to the little voice that's yelling, you know, danger, danger. Mm -hmm. Now I stop and go, okay, let me, let me identify what's happening here. Is this fear? Because I don't think I can do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Is it fear of I'm getting ready to up level my business? Mm -hmm. Is it, um, I don't like them. 
to your point, is it I don't like the process is Mm -hmm. what is it? So instead of just like going, oh, something feels off. I've now learned to take a step back and try to identify that because Mm -hmm. then that gives me more information. Mm -hmm. And when I say no, I I don't feel like I'm flippant. I think many times we almost feel like we we acted too quickly because we don't identify what's behind the ick feeling. Mm -hmm. But if we can take a step back, give ourselves a minute instead of feeling this pressure or rush to say yes when everything in us is saying stop slow down and look it's doing it for a reason Mm -hmm. and I I, I, once you learn that I can tell you every single time I've been burned it was because something in me said wait a minute and I I pushed it down moved it to the side thought, I don't know, Michelle, that, that can't be really right. You're, you're not reading the situation. Everybody else likes this. Everybody person. else thinks it's great. <clears throat> Every single time mm-hmm. I have been the one who knew. I, it, I, I have never walked into one where I was so blindsided that I had no idea. That has never happened to me. Mm-hmm. Every single time, if I go back and I am truly honest, there was, as I would say, a hitch in my giddy up. There was mm-hmm. something right. that went, huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, don't, I can't put my finger on it, but hmm. And so now I've learned to listen to it because it cost us money. Mm-hmm. You made a point earlier about the person that was like one car accident or mm-hmm. one medical bill away mm-hmm. from, um, you know, from being just total bankruptcy. Right. right. Did you know I am amazed the number of clients that come to me and one bad client interaction could, sh- could stop their business? Mm-hmm. One bad client interaction. Let right. that hit you for a minute mm-hmm. because it's not just the, the monetary um, issues that come along with that, but there is this degradation of confidence that happens. Mm-hmm. And, and people come to me and they'll go, I've, I've been in business for 20 years. Everything was great. And then I got this one client, mm-hmm. this one job, and it sucked out my joy, my passion, my confidence. Mm-hmm. I now feel like I don't know what I'm doing. Forget right. the 20 years of greatness. Mm-hmm. I had this one interaction with one person or one job, and they literally are, are, are about ready to close shop, or mm-hmm. it's cost them everything to make that client happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm just telling you, it, talk about financially ruining a company. It is, it is imperative that we check that we're working with the right people on the right projects at the right, right. price. You know, and again, it might mean either initially saying no, or you know, at some point saying, you know what, I'm going to finish the project that we've got going right now. And, and that obviously depends on the project, um, you know, or, or I'm going to finish, you know, I'm, I'm not going to leave you in a lurch, basically, is maybe what I'm, I'm trying to say. Sure. But then, then, you know, we need to part ways, um, you know, and that, again, that's really hard, especially when you're that small business owner that's got to, you know, pay your bills, do all of these various things. And in particular, that's really hard if they're a big portion of your revenue, um, you know, and, and, and it depends on what you do. I mean, for some people, they, they might work very well with just one client at a time, depends on what they're doing, you know, but for others, they need a multitude of clients so that when things change, they're not having a big problem. You know, years ago, I worked for an agency in Colorado. We had a long-term client. I mean, they had been with the firm for many, many, many years, never had a written agreement with them because it had always been one of these handshakes, all of these various things. They were a large portion of the business, you know, probably about 45% of the, the business. They got a new person that hated our firm and they gave us a month and then that was it. Mm-hmm. And, and the firm eventually had, you know, well, it, very severe problems, you know, and, and so it was one of those things where, you know, it, it, you need to be careful about putting all your, ba- your eggs in one basket, right? Um, and, and, and again, it depends on your business. I mean, you might have the type of business where you only work with one person at a time or one, you know, because that's just the way things are. But, you know, make sure that you can transition to fill that gap when, when things change. Yeah. And, and I think I had to come to understand that just because somebody was not my ideal client or I was not an ideal fit, it didn't mean that they were not an ideal fit for someone else right. or for someone else's oh, yeah. And if you can refer to yes. somebody, then you make everybody happy. You know, so and- now it's funny. Almost everybody I talk to now, you know, let's say that 
And like, I'll give you an example. Earlier this week, another business coach called me mm-hmm. and she does not do anything with financials. It is just not her thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wanted to have me come in to consult with her coaching client mm-hmm. on all the financial aspects. And um, she does more of employee education. And so uh, we talked about what that might look like, what kind of help they needed, how I could step in and help, how not to step on each other's toes and to work collaboratively, you know, Mm -hmm. just to be respectful. And then at the end of the conversation about that one client, I just said to her, so I'd like for you to tell me who is your ideal client? Because if I've got a client that I'm working with that needs some type of employee education, I don't provide that. Mm -hmm. So tell me who your ideal is. And then she started telling me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I made notes and asked questions. She did right. this for me. And so now when I run into somebody, I don't feel like I've got to now come up with a new program, come up with a new process, come up with new education. Even if I love the people and think I want to help you, I now can help them by referring them to someone who is more expert at that, right? Who the difference between the knowledge and expertise, she's done it. And she's right. She's good at that. Mm -hmm. So when I really got to the point of understanding, I did not have to be all things to all people because I cannot. It was too much. The weight of it, Deb, was so heavy Mm -hmm. where I was always trying to change. That was probably part of the hobbyist thing at the beginning was I was morphing all the time. I was like this little chameleon. Oh, I'll do this. Oh, I'll do that. to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I wanted their, well, and part of it is the way I look at it is I wanted, I wanted to be paid. Mm-hmm. I really did want to help them. Right. And I wasn't solid and clear in what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so to some degree, it was kind of an exercise in trying different things to kind of figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, you know, there, there's some of it that's not bad. But when I figured out who I am, my why, my values, and what I want to do, it is so clear to me that it is rare that I would work with somebody who I did not know that I could step. I, I just wouldn't do it. I right. would not do it. And now there's no guilt. There's no shame. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, this, I don't think this is going to be a fit to get you what you want. Mm-hmm. But, but just freeing it up that I didn't have, to, I don't expect other people to be all things. Mm-hmm. So why was I putting this undue pressure on myself and my business to do that? You know, and then suffering with the fact that because I'm having to work extra hours and outside of a process, my finances are taking a huge hit, mm-hmm. right? And I'm spending more, buying more, help, all these things. Not one bit of it was leading to profitability for me in any way, shape, or form. Right. You know, and, and you know, our initial thought is, like we've been saying, you know, ooh, we're going to lose money. We're not, not in the long run, because we're that's it's going to free us up for the right clients, and that's right, the, for the best and not the good. Yep, yeah. Are they, excuse me, the best fit or just a good fit? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's funny, you know, it, I, I saw, you know, it recently had Valentine's Day, you know, a lot of memes about is it the right guy or, and, and let's see, what was it? It was because it was don't look for Mr. Perfect. Look for the right guy. And I thought, you know what? That is so true because we do, we look for the perfect client. We look for the perfect mate, you know. And they're just not there. Right. Because perfect doesn't exist, you know. And and so, you know, and, and, and yeah, I mean, we need to look for the right fit and, and the Mm -hmm. right fit for that point in time because things change. I mean, that's change. Yep. Yeah, my ideal client today is not the ideal I started with. Right. But but I'll say this. This has been another thing that's been super helpful in my business is I've defined my ideal client, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what we would almost say close to perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Even though we know. But then I've gone a step farther and I've said, um, here are my deal breakers. Mm-hmm. So in other words, this is my ideal. I'm willing to work somewhere in there, make it a little fluid. Mm -hmm. But if they do one of these three things, it is a deal. It is an absolute no Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. And then I've identified um, that one of them is not taking ownership. If Mm -hmm. a client will not take ownership, they're not for me. I won't do it. Mm -hmm. If they're not willing to think differently than they do right now, they're not for me. Mm-hmm. And if they're not willing to be open and honest and roll up their sleeves when the, when the going gets tough, they're not for me. Right. You know, and again, that has allowed you to get the right 
clients, the best clients, you know, as opposed to, hey, they're just going to pay the bill. But they're the right right clients because I can help them the best. Mm -hmm. Those are the clients that I know that I can, as I would say, serve their socks off. Mm -hmm. Like I can really impact their business. Mm -hmm. But if they don't have those qualities, it's not so much just... It, it is about them being ideal for me, but it means I'm also not ideal for them. It is not a match made in heaven and right. we would not be on a Valentine card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or we'd be on some of those that, that, you know, there were some of those that I saw that were like, ooh, those are kind of icky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so cool. Well, oh my gosh, Michelle, we have just a couple minutes left. And of course, one of the questions that I wrote down that I want to make sure that we talk about is what is profit first? Because you are a certified profit first professional. So what is profit first? Great question. Profit First is a money management system. Mm -hmm. That's really what it is. So it is a system to tell your money where to go instead of it telling you. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we kind of turn the idea of profit on its head. Like most people think of profit as what's left over Mm -hmm. at the end. And what we would tell you from a Profit First standpoint was profit is sustainability. That's what allows your company to be here next year to serve your client. Mm -hmm. And so we are not planning for profit in all of our choices. And if we're not taking it out first, then the money actually gets absorbed and we overrun our expenses or we don't get paid a salary and all these other things happen because the business is kind of outgrowing itself. It's growing too quickly mm-hmm. or um, it just not taking care of the money properly. So similar to the Dave Ramsey system where um, if you are familiar with that at all, they have you put your money in envelopes and you you know, create a family budget. Mm-hmm. This one, we create a budget in the company mm-hmm. and we say this amount of money goes to cover your taxes mm-hmm. and we do it based on percentages. Mm-hmm. This amount of money covers taxes. This amount of money is your salary. This amount of money is your expenses. This amount is your profit. And then we save based on a percentage basis. And then if, if I say this is how much you have for expenses, I mean, within reason, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we have to spend. Right. So it makes you stop and think about your decision-making process. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, you know, Michelle, uh, you know, I mentioned at the start of the program that you're here in Atlanta, but the cool thing is because of technology, you can literally work with clients from around the world. So tell us a little bit about the services that you can provide. Sure. So my company is Scarlet Thread Consulting. And I provide coaching and consulting for businesses. I, I work a lot with creative businesses. And um, I have a course online called Understanding Your Financials. I have a course online called Master Your Profit, which is the profit first for um, the creative businesses. I have um, online courses on finding your why and goal setting and mindset. And then um, I also have a podcast. So um, it's called Profit is a Choice. Yay. Again, that every choice leads to profit. And mm-hmm. so, of course, you know, there and lots of free resources on my website. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a, really about helping people and giving people an opportunity to learn. And so I actually have set up a, um, a, a landing page for your listeners, Deb. Okay. That's at scarletthreadconsulting.com slash business power hour. And so if they go there, they'll see some resources that um, are are just laid out right for them. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for doing that. Well, you know, so you are at scarletthreadconsulting.com. I love that. Um, And see, I have to have you on again because I never got the opportunity to ask you about that name. That's obviously a very unique name. Um, (laughs) But, you know, what, what would you like to leave our listeners with? What thoughts would you like to leave them with? I think I'd like to just leave them with um, two things. One, it's a good thing to own your business. And if we're going into business, we really need to do that. And then the second thing is I don't believe profit happens by accident. Mm -hmm. So I think being intentional with our decisions and choices will help us get what we want to get. Right. You know, I, I love that. And and again, it is it is tricky. You know, it, I heard something the other day that said that the reason most marriages fail is money. You know, it's the, obviously the reason why many businesses fail. We forget that, you know, we need, we need to make money for the business to succeed. Um, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's certainly not a bad thing to admit that, that you need help with all of this. And, and so it's great to be able to reach out to someone like Michelle to be able to, to ask these questions. I agree. I, I think it, it takes some um, strength to be able to say, here's what I don't know. Help me. Right. That, that takes more strength than staying silent and struggling alone. Right. 
Yeah. You know, and business owners typically, especially when we're first starting out, think that we should be able to do it all. You know, we're smart. We're doing this on our own. No, if we're really smart, we build a good team of people. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's the thing to remember is what do we need to do to build that team so that we are the most profitable and the most successful? And let's be honest, profit isn't just money. You know, it's, right. it's internal also. You know, do you mm-hmm. feel like it's, it's a, you know, you're giving back, like you're doing your passion, all of those various things. Yes. Great. Well, Michelle, this really has been fantastic. Can't wait to have you on again. And good golly, we actually need to try and meet for coffee. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we do live in the same extremely large metropolitan area. But, you know, we'll, we'll be able to do that sometime. But until then, I, have been, I am Deb Creer. I've been talking with Michelle Williams. And everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.